you, of course, have been hearing a lot from Governor J.B. Pritzker about the state's coronavirus response, the stay-at-home order, the shutdown of many businesses around the state. Not everybody is necessarily fully on board with how the governor is handling this. At least they think we need more information, more data before we know for sure this is the right way to go. Republican State Representative Blaine Willauer of Effingham has a lengthy piece on the Illinois Review website raising some of these questions. Representative, thanks for taking the time joining us live here on the program this afternoon. Good to talk to you. Hey, always a pleasure to be here. Thanks for the opportunity. It, I certainly Important encourage issues. It, Well, it absolutely is. And obviously, we're seeing a dramatic impact on the state from the extraordinary measures that have been put in place. Again, IllinoisReview.com for people to go read the, the full article there. Uh, but, Representative, perhaps if you could just sort of summarize for us, uh, the what what is it that concerns you about how the governor's handled this so far? Yeah, first of all, I want to address something that um, the governor actually mentioned me in this press conference today. We were carrying and, uh, it live this afternoon, so yeah, I was hoping you would you would speak to that. Well, and before we get to that, if you could maybe just sort of set up uh, your article, because you did in this article talk about whether, in fact, the, uh, the statewide shelter uh, order, staying at home, social distancing might actually be counterproductive. Uh, and that was what the governor was, was addressing specifically. Um, so what, why, why do you think that that might be the case well i don't know that it is counterproductive uh, what what i'm advocating for is a targeted approach based on actual numbers the governor needs to be much more transparent with the with the actual numbers the hospitalization data is so so important and for some reason uh he just has a really hard time releasing that number now they did release it today and it is important and now they've said they're going to release it every tuesday and I'm just wondering why, because that's that's the most important thing that we can look at. These shutdown orders were put in place so that we could ensure that our hospital systems were not overran. So why in the world would we not be putting a priority on putting those that information out there, number one, so that we can um, – you know, see if maybe a regional approach makes sense on bringing some things back online. And number two, I think that would be very important um, as we're looking to allocate resources uh, around the state. We talk all all the time about finite resources. I, you know, and, and to be honest with you, I'm not even sure if he was tracking these numbers until we started, uh, you know, complaining and kind of having to throw a fit about it. He talks about having to throw a fit to get the president to do anything. Well, I think that, you know, um, it clearly moves the needle on, on him as well. Here. So, so I'm glad that he's actually putting some of this out, but, you know, um, he, he could do a lot better, especially in light of the draconian measures that are put in place. You got to be, and I mentioned in my article, you got to be over the top transparent on this stuff, and he just hasn't been. So, what are the hospitalization numbers telling you then? And I realize they've just come out today, and we're all just getting a glimpse of them for the first time in the last hour or so. Certainly, we have seen where some parts of the state, particularly the Chicago area, uh, look to be running pretty low, particularly on ICU beds and on on total hospital beds as well. Other parts of the state are doing better, but the numbers do seem to be shrinking as we add more cases, including another 1,300 or so today. So what what is it telling you? Uh, do, do you think we've gone too far with closing down the entire state? No, not necessarily. I don't, I don't necessarily think that. I'm not advocating for a free-for-all. I'm advocating for 
for the transparency on these numbers. These, all of this stuff, all of these measures were put in place based off of basically two, two models, the Imperial College model of London and then this Washington University model. Both of those models have been wildly inaccurate in a lot of, in a lot of cases. Um, this, this Washington model is, uh, has been a little closer on hospitalizations in Illinois than New York, for instance. It was overestimating New York by, by four times. But, you know, when it comes to deaths, it's pretty, it's pretty off target here, here in Illinois right now. So I, I'm not saying necessarily that we've done anything wrong, but we have no idea how to quantify if we're doing anything wrong and how to start having that conversation on, um, you know, opening the economy back up. And we need this data. We need the hospital hospitalization data for the whole state, but we need it broken down by regions, uh, maybe even broken down by counties or state rep uh, districts. I think that makes a lot of, a lot of sense. I don't see why the hesitancy to, to do that. He's taken regionalization completely off off of the table, and that, that doesn't make a lot of sense if the numbers aren't telling us. Well, the governor did point out today that a week ago we had the virus confirmed in just over 50 counties. Now it's nearly 80 counties. So it is moving, or at least uh, we, we have evidence that it has moved uh, throughout the state, moving from county to county. Uh, so is a regional approach, can it work if people are free to travel from one part of the state to another, uh, and if we aren't necessarily locking down things to the extent that we have done so. Right. You know, I think that it, it can work, but the numbers have to show that. Obviously, we need to we need to do a little more testing or a lot more testing than what we've done right now. I'm not advocating for this stuff to happen tomorrow, necessarily. I'm just advocating for it not to be taken off the table. And I think that, you know, government and kind of the bureaucracy and the, the group think tends to underestimate the ability for folks to have common sense and to, to use reason. I mean, even if they did lift these orders tomorrow, I think people are still going to be uh, still going to be pretty careful. So, let's, you know, let's not take off the table the fact that, that people do have common sense and people, you know, do have, um, you know, a idea of self-preservation that we're not just going to be, you know, as a whole doing ridiculous things. Um, Except that we saw people like cramming into bars on the weekend before St. Patrick's Day, uh, you know, before the restrictions got even more severe. And we saw people rushing out to eat in restaurants before the stay at home order got, got put in place. And so I would agree that most of us do have common sense, but it really only takes a few who don't have it to create a lot of problems for others, doesn't it? Sure. I think the, you know, the national attention on this and, you know, everything that we've seen uh, from that point to this point, I, I think that we're really in a lot different situation with the mentality of uh, people taking this, this serious. And, and, you know, I want to be very clear. I've always taken this serious. It's a legitimate threat, you know, but my thing is we we just need to we need to think about having a more targeted approach you know let's identify who is the most at risk and how do we protect those folks without without destroying lives and livelihoods at the same time you know i think that there's there's a whole different avenue that we could go down you know talking about the implications that, that this is going to have on working class people 
you know, as far as destroying their their jobs, their economic opportunities, that those things are directly linked to you know a lot of a lot of deaths and a lot of heartache as well. Talking with Representative Blaine Willauer of Effingham about his article on the Illinois Review website, and Representative, in the article you referenced uh, a piece that appeared on the uh, the Federalist website. Uh, it was written by uh, an Ivy League physician and researcher, someone who didn't give their name though. They remained anonymous in posting this, saying that uh, social distancing might cause more problems because it is uh, limited our ability to develop what's known as herd immunity. As more people get the virus, they develop immunity to it, which then would ultimately slow its spread or prevent a a widespread recurring outbreak of this. And the governor pointed to that specifically in his news conference today, saying that uh, if you uh, went that route and you had a lot of people getting sick all at once, we could easily overwhelm hospitals, which is exactly what we're trying to avoid. Uh, So how much stock should we put in that another? Anonymous piece in the Federalist that you pointed to. Well, I'm not putting a, a tremendous amount of stock in anything. I was just pointing out that that is a that, that is an idea that is out there, and the article is not necessarily referencing herd immunity per se. It's it's represent, referencing a more targeted approach to to dealing with this matter. You know, I appreciated the shout out from the from the governor today. Clearly, I must have uh, struck some sort of nerve or. Um, cord with him, but that, you, that's what you get in this kind of stuff, you know. He basically he just took a he just took a hot take from a you know basically a pandering gossip blogger and and ran with it without even reading the article. I think that if you read the article, you would see that I'm not even talking about herd immunity in, in this stuff. But that's that's what you get when you go against some of this group think stuff. Group think stuff. That's why it's so dangerous. Well, it, you know, and um, you, you he accused for... me. I mean, he he accused me of advocating for policies that let people die. What a what a ignorant thing to say. Yet you most know? of the public health professionals I've talked to say this approach is the right approach, even though it is certainly difficult from an economic standpoint. It's hurting a lot of businesses. That this is the approach that that saves lives. Do you have based on what though? That's that's all I'm asking. They're basing well, that they're basing this approach on models that have have been wrong. And what and what are you basing the alternative approach on? I mean, because I'm not seeing a lot of experts in epidemiology and virology suggesting we shouldn't we shouldn't be doing this. Are, are, are you finding people knowledgeable in this area who think we we've gone too far with this? I'm not suggesting that we shouldn't be doing some of these measures. I'm just suggesting that we shouldn't be doing them across the board without without giving credence to to other factors as well you know if we if we go into if we go into a severe recession like we're talking about here you know what's what's going to happen to all these people that are that are out of work you know i can go i can run through all kinds of numbers on how we have actual science based on fact the links economic and unemployment troubles to increase drug use increase alcohol abuse divorce depression suicide you know domestic violence violence in general bad health in general you're talking hundreds and hundreds of thousands of deaths a year from from those kind of things and i don't think it's unreasonable to throw that out there and i also don't think that it's unreasonable that we have a, a general discussion about civil liberties in, in, in this country 
You know, I mean, what what good is our First Amendment if the government can just say, based on a model, uh, that may or may not actually be happening, we're going to suspend your constitutional rights? I, you know, I think there's a conversation to be had there too. I think there's a balance that that uh, that we can get here, but we can't do all of this stuff just based on a model. You, you referenced in the article your concern that the governor has done this under his emergency powers in the law without uh, seeking legislative approval on this. And obviously it's difficult to have the legislature come together right now if we're going to observe social distancing. But if the if lawmakers were uh, in session or were able to vote on some things, what would you want them doing? What, what sorts of things should leg- lawmakers be taking up on this? Yeah, there's a lot of things that we can do for for our small businesses. This this deal is going to um, just like almost every other policy that we pass in Springfield is disproportionately going to affect um, small businesses and and working class people. So there's some things that the governor could do right now that would help these folks. Number one, you know, would be to make sure that we hold harmless this unemployment rate for for small businesses, you know, that had to lay off people as a result of, you know, these these basically state mandated layoffs. That's going to be a tremendous cost for businesses next year when their rates get, you know, put through the roof. Um, the minimum wage, we could look at, uh, you know, a numerous things there as far as you know um freezing it for a period of time to let these businesses get back on their feet um you know we can do some of these sales tax holidays there's a lot of things that we can do you know it's kind of a i kind of see this as a a three-pronged deal here there's some immediate things that the government could do to you know give a little bit of um latitude to some of these businesses and then there's some things that we can do um, that we can address that probably should have been addressed before regulatory wise, as far as things that we've learned from this, you know, um, making it easier to go across borders for our medical personnel, some of those things. And then you, then I think you need to really get to the real structural um, problems that's this put Illinois in a situation that, um, that we couldn't handle a blip under radar, let alone something like this, you know, so... I think that there's a lot of things that we need to do, but the biggest thing that we need to do as a co-equal branch of government is make sure the the executive branch um, has a little bit of oversight and, and accountability. And right now we don't we don't have that. We're not even we're asking for numbers that we're not getting on a on a regular basis. He's he's ruling completely by executive order. And I think that there's some, you know, I think some uh, smart people have legitimate concerns with his ability to extend this beyond 30 days um, unilaterally. Representative Blaine Willauer, again, the article is at IllinoisReview.com. And Representative, I just wanted to make sure I heard you correctly in something you said earlier. Are you, in fact, staying at home? Are you social distancing? Are you following the guidelines the governor's put forward in that regard? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we are. We're not going to church. We're doing online services. Um, You know, I do run a construction company that is considered a essential business. So I come into my office. We've got our we've got our lobby closed down here at our office um, to to foot traffic. So, yeah, we're doing we're doing everything that we can do to comply. And by and large, everybody is doing everything they can to comply. And I I think that's important. And I'm not advocating for anybody to not comply. Really appreciate your time today. Thanks. Good to talk to you. Absolutely. Anytime.